South Africa! Acknowledge me. Teresa Kanzi. Teresa Kanzi. The views expressed on this podcast do not It's time to engage in the airstrike. strike. Welcome to the Tulisa Kanzi Airstrike Broadcasting from Cape Town, South Africa, the most beautiful city in the country. And straight into episode 100. Thank you for listening on Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Here's what we are going to do on episode 100. Michelinda Masse, the big social media influencer, socialite, got into a brawl with one of South Africa's leading bloggers, Musa Kaula. I've got an audio version of that brawl. It's all in my head, but you'll soon hear it. National Stealing makes a comeback. I've got a parody song by Lou Sonic and Stula Mabota will come through with today's Bacardi banger. I'll end off episode 100 with 100 episodes, The Journey Thus Far. So, nothing to Pizzo Musimone about, but today is about a celebration, 100 episodes of the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. Before I do all of those great things, let's get into your elders were dirty. This week, we are listening to this filth. Why did it start like she's getting a few strokes? Jeez, bruh. Damn. What is this? I've had enough of this song. This is absolute garbage. Where's the garbage truck? Bring that garbage truck here. We need to put this song in the garbage truck. What is this? Put that damn song in the garbage truck. So much filth. Sis. Our elders ought to be ashamed of themselves. Tony Braxton, you're making me high. 
released in 1996. This is the dirty song your elders used to listen to. You know what happened on episode 99? A friend of mine from Dominicana, an island in the West Indies, right? She was like, yeah, you know what? Last week on episode 99, you were reaching with the Michael Jackson song. You were reaching, you were really, really reaching. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to come back with a bang. Verse one. I always think of you inside of my private thoughts. I can imagine you touching my private parts. And just the thought of you, I can't help but touch myself. That's why I want you so bad. Just one night of moonlight. Verse 2. Can't get my mind off you. I think I might be obsessed. The very thought of you makes me want to get undressed. I want to be with you. In spite of what my heart says, I guess I want you too bad. All I want is moonlight. Pre-chorus. Yeah, with you there beside me all night doing it again and again. You know I want you so bad. Baby, baby, baby. Ooh. I get so high when I'm around you, baby. I can touch the sky. You make my temperature rise. Oh, baby, you're making me high. Baby, 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 baby. Diku elela ngengo mazazi mamelwanga bazali betu ke na. Now let's get into more detail. In verse 1, this is what your mother was doing back in 1996. She says, I always think of you inside of my private thoughts. Nothing wrong with that. However, she also says, I can imagine you touching my private parts. I am talking about your mama back in 1996. This is what she was saying to a man. She wanted a man to touch her private parts. What am I talking about? Am I talking about her ears? Her hair? Am I talking about her toes? No, those are not private parts. Private parts is, one, the boobies, the melons. Two, the behind, the bum, the ass. Three, is the cookie jar. The one that you find in between those thighs. That's what your mama was talking about here back in 1996. No, Talisa, it wasn't my mama, it was Tony Braxton. No, here's the thing. Tony Braxton was just reflecting what your mama felt about your papa or her man back in 1996. The words of Tony Braxton were relevant to your mama. You have to understand that. Already the first few lines of verse 1 are filled with filth. The thing about Tony Braxton is that she is soft-spoken even when she sings. So sometimes you can't hear her properly as she is singing. And many would have missed the part where she says, I can imagine you touching my private parts. <sighs> Man, our mothers used to love in daughter back in the days. Our mothers used to love a man back in the days. 
The mere thought of thinking of a man made our mothers want to touch themselves. Let me go to the last line in verse 1. Just one night of moonlight. What does she mean? She's talking about the time. So, the time is at night, right? And she just wants one night of moonlight. Moonlight is euphemism for sexual intercourse. Yes, yes, yes. I am not reaching over here. Let's go to verse 2 and go straight to the part where she says, The very thought of you makes me want to get undressed. Our mothers were horny nymphos back in the days, bruh. I mean, what is this? She's thinking of a man, and when she thinks of a man, she wants to get undressed. Of course, there's nothing wrong with that. The only reason why I'm bringing this to light is because once you, as a young woman, think of such things or you do such things, you always get those stern, awkward looks from your elders as if they didn't do such things when they were young. I love people like Tony Braxton who wrote these events down and put them into a song so that future generations would use such songs as a reference to how our elders used to live when they were young. Still, in verse 2, she says, I guess I want you too bad. All I want is moonlight. Once again, moonlight means that see the sexual intercourse, the manyalas. It's euphemism for sexual intercourse, moonlight. I don't make shit up. These things are there for us to consume. Our parents, when they were young, they were just these horny little people whom only had sex in their minds and nothing else. That's why so many babies were made back in 1996. Let's go to the pre-chorus. The first two lines goes as follows. Yeah, with you there beside me, all night doing it again and again. Doing what? The moonlight. <laughs> These fucking holy vampires. <laughs> and what's this thing with our elders and only engaging in coitus at night? How about during the day? Apparently, according to research, this is not from me because I'm still a virgin. According to research, sexual intercourse at sea is as enjoyable in the day as it is in the night. And some are even saying that during the day, it's even much more enjoyable when the sun is out. I wouldn't know this. I'm a virgin. I just will never understand our parents' fascination with always engaging in the sea at night and only at night. Bloody horny nocturnals. Now let's see the chorus. Ooh, I get so high. When I'm around you, baby, I can touch the sky. You make my temperature rise. The power of a man. 
A man made a woman's temperature rise. A man made a woman to think that she can touch the sky. A man made a woman to get so high. The power of a man. The power of your daddy. Right? He made your mother get so high, made her feel like she can touch the sky, and made her temperature rise. Like the mercury always rised whenever your mama was next to your daddy or her boyfriend back in 1996. <laughs> I just heard that you're moving, moving with your girl Marisa. together. Gamnandi. New apartment, Sentin. cohabitation, test drive, button sit, Ooh-hoo. cook for her, fried eggs, treat her well, tender, make her smile, smile like a newborn. Don't make her angry, acting crazy in the bathroom. Always enters, toilet lid is closed down. I ain't playing no games, every hand in the world was it to only stay up So listen to my good advice Leave the toilet lid open Leave the toilet lid open Leave the toilet lid open bro Leave the toilet lid open Don't close it Never ever keep it closed you Sonic, leave the toilet lid open on the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. This is by far the best advice I have ever come across. If you are in a fat and sit situation, as a guy, you need to take this advice. Always leave the toilet lid open. Never ever close it. That's if you want to have a long lasting fat and sit. Women hate it when they get into the toilet and they have to lift the toilet lid up. It shows a sign of selfishness. So, if you want happiness in your fatten seat, never ever close the toilet seat lid. The Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. So, over the weekend, one of South Africa's leading bloggers, Musa Kaula, Michali Ndamase, apparently beat him up. He tweeted this. And I quote, Batum, look at Michalinda Masse at the 2023 Durban July acting as if she didn't beat me up at Leroy Sidame's office the day before yesterday. And I was like, hmm, this dude is probably making this shit up. Daimaisa. And I carried on. How? Hours later, quickly, a screenshot. Yeah, it was posted by, guess who? Umusa. And that screenshot was taken from Michali's Instagram story and it had a caption. The caption went as follows. I'd do it again, Gesan. I wish I took your fucking eye out. Now I was like, damn, the dude was telling the truth. Bam Kabil. All right. 
Then of course there was a picture of Musa's face in a tumor on his forehead, swollen, and also his lip was swollen. And I was like, okay, maybe this thing really, really happened. All right, okay. Now, what are my thoughts? The one thought is, here's the thing about life. If you state facts about a person and you catch hands, you have a right to defend yourself. Okay, you do. However, if you talk shit about a person and you catch hands, then you deserve it. I call that physical justice and I condone physical justice. <laughs> I condone it. If you want to and baseless shit that has no facts and you catch hands, oh, I know, you deserve it. Physical justice. You deserve physical justice. Catch these hands. And once you catch hands, don't run to people and act like a victim. Don't do that. No, no, no. Anyway, that's the one part. The other part is, when I immediately came across this and I read Michalin Damas's caption, she's Tosa, by the way, I do it again, Kesan. I was like, shit. I can imagine the audio of that fight in Leroy Sidame's office. I just instantly imagined how it all sounded, the brawl, the fight. What was said while one was catching hands and the other one was flinching or was trying to protect himself. Hey, I could just imagine what was being said in that office. Michali was probably saying, Ha! That was the audio playing in my mind. I was imagining how Michali sounds when she's fucking pissed off and angry and she's beating up someone. The thing is, when you are pissed off and you're fighting. That lovely English accent you have, that polished and posh English accent, the twang flies out of the window. And as a Tosa woman, what happens is your natural Tosa thick accent makes its way through rough circumstances like a fucking weed in tarred road. It just makes its way up. That's what the natural Tosa accent does when you're speaking English while you are angry and fighting. I, I, could, I could imagine that original Tosa accent making its way up Michali's esophagus while she is fighting and giving Musa those hands. bitch! Told you I'm gonna fuck you up! Hmm? She didn't say it. I told you I'm gonna fuck you up. No, 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 no. I told you I'll fuck you up when. Hmm? Michelle is pissed off. Makeup is, is all over the place. The eyelashes, implants is there on the floor. 
Heku ya ngandwa manu liro ya ngandwa mishali pepe hatinda kaila pepe manu suyaza lindu yaza wakumi heku musa mishali pepe think about your brand hecho nga wena wena liro mngundu ya brand kabanyi mna umusa mngundu ya brand encho nga untegele yi Birkin for yi Durban July betu nye wena musa it was like I was in that office imagining this thing happening I don't want the visuals no ah ah I want the audio. I want to hear the brawl in an audio format. Dala na chumanza kabunye wen. Today's the day. Kabunye bitch. Teta la nubi teta ram bitch. Uti nugu MJ Light. Kheli kaka wena Musa. Musa ha pupizi. You know Musa can't speak properly. He can't structure a sentence. Leroy, please talk to Kelly Gala, bitch. Get my man's mouth out of your mouth and Kelly Bullswainer, bitch. Dial a to the Kabaoon, Kelly Gala, bitch. Gapa o sipo bayangland, Michala man yegalom Michali, bayangland o sipo, all the way from Kukule to now is in Jope. I'm a Michali man, eh, bayangland o sipo, eh, you don't mess the office in a Leroy funding. I imagined that whole shit happening in my mind the audio version Michali losing her marbles you have Kabumusa Kalikaga bitch eh Musa can't do jack shit Puma matuma apya tumba Eseka ngaka but yakwazi tumba Michali's voice in the background Kalikaga bitch that you not Hey. I was like, fuck. But you know what? Musa deserved to catch those hands. He did. Kobayi was talking shit about people. He was not stating facts. He always talked shit. He spoke more shit about people than stating facts about people. That's why he caught those hands. Some were even arguing, saying that Nah, Musa didn't fight back because he's a guy. No, 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 no. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Don't believe that. I don't believe. And the whole thing sounds like it was a setup. About you know Musa in the first place in Leroy's office. Eyazba, Leroy is with Michali. Hmm? bitch! We office in If it was a setup, then okay, sharp. It was a setup. Eventually, you're gonna catch hands, and you deserve to catch those hands in a setup. Fine. So, Yilon Doge, Mchita I don't know if he's gonna open a case of assault. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But that really, really piqued my interest over the weekend. The Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. Let us live and strive for stealing in South Africa our land. Who stole? 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 
Remember in 2021, Hamilton Ndlovu etched his name in the infinite stone of corruption after a video went viral on Twitter showcasing his brand new cars, which were estimated to be worth 11 million rand. It was a fleet, a fleet of luxurious cars that you and I could only dream of. Then boom, haka, 10 past 4, came a court order from the Pretoria High Court to freeze his bank accounts and seize those beautiful cars. This happened after it was exposed that PPE contracts worth 172 million rand were awarded to eight companies owned by or linked to him and his wife. They were found to be invalid. The 19 contracts were awarded by the National Health Laboratory Service back in 2020. That was three years ago. Let's fast forward to now, 2023. The South African Revenue Service is auctioning off five luxury cars seized from the COVID-19 corrupt tender. I'm talking about a Jeep Grand Cherokee, a black Porsche 911 Carrera Cabriolet, a white Cayenne SUV, a black Panamera. We're talking Porsche over here. And also, who could forget? Remember that beautiful Lamborghini Urus? Oh man, I love that car. All those cars are going to be auctioned off. Alala, 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 alala. Thank goodness. one man. The dude needs to go to jail. Together with his wife. Yeah, at least they are not Tabo Besta and Nandi Pamakutumana. Okay, they not. But if you remember very, very well, a lot of us were pissed off during that time. Simply because we were in a global pandemic. Loved ones lost their lives. Colleagues lost their lives. Girlfriends, boyfriends, spouses lost their lives. And while that was happening, these fuckers were busy engaging in corrupt activities. So the nation was pissed off. And I was one of the citizens who were pissed off during that time. How dare they think of corruption during a flipping pandemic? The nerve of ANC cadres. They just didn't care. And of course, the whole thing was a major storm in the country and it had a negative impact in our elections which was great i love that local government elections by the way we are still yet to see what will happen in 2024 after those elections and i think we have an idea of how things might go but anyway i digress this guy was busy stealing he was not alone by the way there were many others who stole from PPE tenders during COVID-19 pandemic. While we were locked up in our homes, level 5 lockdown, Ezekaka, they were busy stealing money. Do you know that out of that 172 million rand tender, only about like 15 million was used for PPEs. The rest 
the, the comrades and their business associates, they were just chowing the money, my man. Buying a fleet of cars left, right and center, oh Lamborghini Uras. Yeah, while people are dying and they actually need the PPE attire. Yeah. I mean, the audacity of these guys. So now we are at this point where the cars are being auctioned off. The state is trying to recoup all of that money that was stolen by Hamilton Jofu and his wife. And others must take the fall too. Especially those people there who are involved in that tender process and awarded his companies, eight companies, all of that guap. And yeah, lastly, we know why this is happening. It is happening because these fuckers are trying by all means to clean up. This is a PR stunt in anticipation of the 2024 national elections. Are you about to host a party at a club, chisanyama, or restaurant, and you want a DJ with mad skills? Well, book Tulisa Kanzi for a lit DJ performance and hear something like this. tulisa.kanzi at gmail.com and let's get the party started. Mari, Asibu Slay Queen, Giddy Changes, Uyakawen, 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 Yeboye. Yakalingati, it's not going to cause any damage. Ikala Ingati, it's not a music missile. Ikala Ingati, it is not a Bakari banger. Wait until the baseline drops. Give it a few seconds. He's not new to the show. His name is Rijos. Others know him as Stula Mabota. This one is called Bakari Steel. Listen to the baseline.
We're dropping music missiles on the Tunisia Kanzi airstrike and we're going hard. What a music missile. Jesus, Stula Mabota. Bacardi Steel is the title of this one. Uya Gawen. Uya Gawen. Uya Gawen. RIP to Vusima R5, man. And Koki the Mike, we are still waiting for your EP to drop. Alright? The Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. I thought the best way to end off this edition of the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike is to celebrate 100 episodes. It is a milestone for me. I started this back in 2021 and I thought I should let you in on the journey thus far. I'm sure you have been wondering why I started the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. It started way back in 2015 while I was doing drive on YFM. By then, I was tired of doing that drive time show. I was extremely bored. There were just politics happening behind the scenes that I was just not here to entertain. And I thought to myself back in 2015 that there's no way that I'm coming back to YFM in 2016. It's just not for me. This has got nothing to do with the show and being a presenter. It's, it's something that I've always wanted to do all my life. It's just that I didn't sign up for the off-air politics that were happening. I was just not there for such things. So I already resigned myself from the station. I knew that come March 2016, uh, I'm not coming back to the station. The grand. So by 2015, I told myself that the next radio show that I do, I will name it the Tulisa Kanzi Airstrike. But of course, after 2016, I was off air and I've been off air since that time. What has been happening in the past couple of years before I started the airstrike was that I kept on sending my CV together with my radio demo to different radio stations, some here in Cape Town, others outside of the Western Cape, stations in KZN, in Gauteng. And you know how it is. It's either program managers do not reply to your email or some replied and said, Ish, you know what, um, we're not looking for somebody at the moment, but yeah, if something comes up, then, you know, we might hit you up. Something along those lines. So I kept on trying, man. I kept on trying every year. I tried, I tried, I tried. Same response all the time. And I remember just thinking to myself that, you know what, man? I have got all these ideas that I want to execute and I can't execute these ideas simply because I am waiting for my next radio opportunity and it's not coming. So I was like, look, the year is 2020 and this is the last year that I am actually going to record radio demos and send them out. If I don't get a positive reply in the year 2021, then I'll start the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike on a podcast platform. 
And that's exactly what happened. I grew tired of always getting the same responses via the emails and also making calls, follow-up calls. Uh, someone is busy or, okay, no, Ish, yeah, no, Julissa, uh, right now, you know, we're not looking for anyone. But come the new radio lineup, the station would have one or two new faces on their lineup. And I was like, okay, oh, great for those people, but damn. A few months back, I was told they're not looking for anyone. But anyway, it's the nature of the beast. So the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike has been an idea that has been in my mind, sitting idle, waiting for the next radio opportunity which never came. And I'm okay with that. Now, why did I decide to call it the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike? It is simple. It's a reflection of my personality. I'm a sharp-tongued person. I tell it like it is. If I see something happening, I will talk about it if it piqued my interest. I don't look away. That's not whom I am. I always speak my mind. And this is not something that I picked up in my teenage years or in my early 20s. No. If you would have a conversation with my elders, more especially my parents, they would tell you that I've always been like this since I was a kid. A while back, I had this conversation with my mother and she just told me the things that I used to do and say when I was a young kid. And I thought to myself, damn, so I've always been like this. And she too said, I've always been like this. I've always been outspoken and I do not sugarcoat things. You know, most kids go through this phase where they see what is happening and then they talk about it out of innocence. And then when they reach a certain age, like age 11 or 12, then they change and the personality shifts and so on. That was not the case for me. I just continued being that person whom was very outspoken. If I see something happen, I talk about it and the teta inshallah. So this is not new. The Tulisa Kanze airstrike is a reflection of me being outspoken and being sharp-tongued. But of course, as I am growing older and older, I develop more emotional intelligence. Now, I know when is the right time to say things to someone. Such things could be personal and others not so personal, you know, but... I've learned to always find the right time to say certain things. And when I say certain things, I need to be very careful if it is a sensitive matter. You understand? So I appreciate growing up. I appreciate maturing. I appreciate that. I never run away from it. So the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike is a reflection of my personality. It's the way I am. And you know how an airstrike is. It's, it's lethal. It's brutal. And I don't necessarily have to be brutal in order to say something or to get a message across. No, 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 no. But you get the concept of an airstrike. So it's based on my personality, the things that I say. And also, because initially this was supposed to be a radio show, it also has to do with the music, that the music I would play for you is hot-ass music. It's music missiles, you know? 
It's destructive stuff, damaging stuff. You understand? So that's why I called it the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. The grind thus far and the challenges that I faced are as follows. Top of my challenges is funding. Like my savings ran out a very, very long time ago. So there's certain equipment that I am unable to buy because I am broke as fuck. Okay. I remember telling myself when I started episode one that when I reach episode 100, episode 100 would be the episode where you'll find the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike on a audio-visual platform such as YouTube with the right cameras, microphones, and nice studio setup. You know the stuff. But that's not the case. Life always has its own agenda and its own timeline for you. And I accept that. Amon. Acknowledge. Accept. Move on. Amon. So, I was like, you know what? I haven't reached my goal. Episode 100 on YouTube. I haven't reached it. But I need to keep on grinding. I need to be as consistent as I have been in the past two and a half years or so. So the funding has been a major issue, but I'll overcome. I'll overcome the funding. I'll get what I want. I've always gotten what I want. Simply because I always work hard for what I want. And I'm consistent in working hard for what I want, no matter how long it takes. I know at the end of the day, I'm going to win. The other challenge has been, pff, ooh, man. The recording facility. At first, I recorded the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike in my room, and I'm very finicky about quality. You, you don't understand. I'm very finicky. The reverberation in the room, because I mean, there's four walls, so the sound is bouncing all over the place. Yes, I hated that. And you can imagine, because all of my broadcasting life has been in a well-equipped studio, well-manicured, there's sound panels all over the place, there's a nice leveled desk, there's a mixing console, there's like flipping three monitors in front of me, I know which buttons to press, you know the works, I, you know how a typical radio broadcasting studio is, so I've always been in such an environment, now, I am doing the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike and I am not in such an environment. The show has literally moved to like four different venues, right? And in all of those venues, I try to treat the rooms, like put fucking pillows all over the place so that the sound doesn't reflect. The pillows, by the way, are very good in absorbing sound. As long as you are in an enclosed corner and then you have the pillows to absorb that sound to minimize the reflections. So that was another challenge. And then of course, if you are trying to record in a house where there's other people, 
you, you can't disturb their daily routines and lives and so on. So I always had to find a time where I knew that, okay, I'm the only one in the house and I could record my show without getting any distractions. And you also shouldn't be a selfish person. You can't tell the people you live with that, uh, listen, guys, please keep quiet for like an hour or two. I need to record. Nah, nah, nah. Hence, I remember a former colleague of mine hit me up in the DMs and said, yo, man, I would love to join you on the airstrike. And I said, hey, bro, the thing is, I'm doing this under challenging circumstances and I will not be able to commit by having another person on board because hey, we, we, we're just going to face challenges such as finding the right time to record, etc., because of what I've just mentioned. So that's another challenge. But yeah, now you're, I'll overcome. I'll overcome that challenge. I'll have my own recording facility. I'll make it happen. Don't care how long it takes. I'll make it happen. Now I want to move on to the intellectual property of the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. Look. I come from a radio broadcasting background, so I know how to record sound, edit sound. I know how to make jingles and liners, put it all together. I know how to do all of that. I started this when I was 15 years of age, so I'm well skilled. Now, there are other things that I had to learn, and I enrolled at UIT. UIT is one of the best, if not leading, universities in the world. And it doesn't take much for you to enroll and become one of the students at one of their campuses. And if it's the first time you are hearing of UIT, then I think you've been living under a rock. UIT is the best university in the world. Harvard doesn't come close to UIT. You've never heard of UIT? Damn, bruh. UIT stands for the University of YouTube. That's UIT. So I enrolled <laughs> on UIT. I was like, okay, I need to have a cover album art for the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. I need to have graphics for the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. And I do not have a graphic design background. So I went to UIT, the University of YouTube, and I looked for free graphic design softwares. I started with Gravit Designer. And after using Gravit Designer for about a year, I was like, nah, 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 nah. This thing is limiting my creativity. I need something more and better. So I eventually got a hold of Photoshop Studio. And then once again, I enrolled on UIT, the University of YouTube, checked out the tutorials, how to use Photoshop and started working on it. It has been a great experience. After Photoshop, I was like, you know what? I need to create video promos of the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. And once again, I looked for a free video editing software and I found it. I enrolled on UIT for the tutorials. I got a few tutorials and I was satisfied with the tutorials. The other thing with 
tutorials is you have to really, really search. Go through a couple of people whom are trying out this tutorial thing and are horrible at it. And then you eventually come across the one whom is clear, gets straight to the point with tutorials. And I found that one and started learning how to use the free video editing software. And I was like, okay, now I can use this software. So I put all of that together. That's the intellectual property of the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. I did not ask a graphic designer to design the logo of the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. I designed it from scratch without any graphic design background. All right? And all thanks to the University of YouTube, UYT. So that logo belongs to my company. The Tulisa Kanzi airstrike is under my company, right? So I learned about intellectual property, trademarking, what is copyright, especially in the broadcasting context, the podcasting context, etc. I learned about the licensing deals people such as Joe Rogan signed with Spotify. Before Joe Rogan, it was Howard Stern when he signed with Sirius XM. One of my broadcasting idols, Troy Torrain, is currently in negotiations with Sirius XM to get his show onto that Sirius SM platform. And I think that would be a great move for the veteran. So I've been watching such deals, learning about such deals, in order for me to equip myself with the necessary knowledge, the know-how, so that when I am one day sitting in a boardroom with a program manager of some radio station, whatever, or any platform such as DAB, Digital Audio Broadcasting Platform, which is yet to reach South Africa, I'll know exactly what to negotiate with such individuals. One thing that I want to mention right now for future reference is I will never compromise on my intellectual property. None whatsoever. I came across a thread on Twitter. One of the creators of a podcast mentioned that some studio here in Cape Town wanted equity of his podcasting business. And that's where he drew the line and he was like, okay, nope. This is not going to happen. And he moved away. So it's, it's stuff like that that I'm always on the lookout for. One of the days where you sign with a radio station or whatever. And in the contract, they say everything that you create on the show belongs to the station. Gone are those days. Fuck that. And I know this very well because I have signed three contracts in my life with a radio station. So I know what is in a radio station's contract between the station and the independent contractor. And that's the other thing. I no longer come as an independent contractor. I now come as an entity. And that entity owns the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. Now, when I want I'm a businessman. I'm no longer an independent contractor. And that's one of the things I don't understand with some of the people whom are on radio right now, they're still signing those contracts where they are the independent contractor and then uh, there's an agreement with the radio station. Like, that is some 
old ass archaic shit. You can't do things like that anymore. The world has moved on from that. You sign as an entity right now. So, my entity owns the intellectual property of the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. Now, should there be a future licensing deal with another broadcasting company? I know exactly what to discuss. Yes, we might get 50-50 ownership of the backlog for the whole duration of the broadcast. For example, let's say we signed a two-year deal. So those two years of that deal, both entities, my company and the radio station, will own the backlog, as in all the recordings of the show, in perpetuity. I don't mind that. But what I will not give up as ownership is the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. That's not going to happen. Advertising agreements is something that can be negotiated. Alright? So that's the intellectual property part of the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. I've been learning about such things and I am well equipped with the knowledge and I'll keep on learning about such things. Now, where do I want to take the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike? I want to take it on a much more bigger platform. I see the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike man doing great things. And I forgot to mention this. Part of the reason why I named it the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike is that I knew that the name itself is a name that will not be boxed into one category. It's a name that can be taken to different platforms, whether it be radio broadcasting, television, even concerts. And the features that I have on the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike could be turned into events or TV shows. Your elders were dirty. That's my intellectual property. I can turn it to a TV show. We understand Bacardi bangers. I can turn that into an event. All under the umbrella of the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. So that's where I want to take the brand. And I will take it there. I know who I am. I know what I'm capable of. So that's where I want to take it. And the most important thing is I need to send my gratitude to you for supporting me since episode one or on whichever episode that you came across the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike and you subscribed and were consistent in listening to the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. I appreciate your support through all this time. You add fuel to the fire that keeps on burning. And you encourage me to keep on going. So thank you very much. I really appreciate that. That's how I end off episode 100 of the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. Remember, whatever you do, never ever lose the child in you. Adios, amigos, and bonita damas.
Mr. Kan 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 Kan